Well, that's the wrap on announcements. You guys ready for God's Word? Yeah, let's do this. So, hey, as we get ready this morning, I know Fort Scott is just joining us, so I just want to welcome all of our family in Fort Scott. Um, and today is uh, a, um, an unusual Sunday because uh, the, today is Pastor Grady and Jackie's last Sunday here with us at Fort Scott as our campus pastors. So I just want to take this opportunity from our campus here in Pittsburgh uh, to Pastor Grady and Jackie and also from uh, the people in Fort Scott, the c- community out there. I know there's going to be a special moment where uh, Mike and Michelle Palmer will be celebrating, but we just want to say thank you to Pastor Grady and Jackie for all what they have done in Fort Scott for helping us launch, helping us get us to where we are today, uh, nearly a year from launch. Uh, If you have not heard, Pastor Grady is going to be joining the USD 250 team, and so we're celebrating with them in this new season, but we're excited for what God has in store for Fort Scott, but we want to say thank you this morning to Pastor Grady and Jackie for all the work that they have put and invested to make Fort Scott where it is today. So thank you guys. We're praying a blessing over you guys. You are loved. Last week, we started a series talking about vision and having a, a, a vision to be able to see, being a seer. Okay? And we, we talked about, um, we asked the question of why is it important to be able to see? And I'm not talking about just seeing from your physical eyes but being able to see from a spiritual standpoint where God reveals to us new information, a revelation. Uh, we talked about uh, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the definition of an apocalypse, which is not what we think of. It is a revelation where God pulls back the curtain and he says, here is what I am doing in your current situation. Here is what I'm doing in your current season. And we talked about how it is important for us to have this revelation for us as human beings, for our lives. But also, we ask the question as to why we need vision, spiritual insight. is because we have a blind world that needs seers. And we, we talked and we asked uh, some of you that... Uh, that we called out and said, man, I see you guys as seers. And some of you said, I see myself as a seer. You walked up forward last week. We prayed a blessing over you. It is not over. I'm coming after you guys. Uh, Just letting you know we're going to be contacting you because I believe God wants to use you even in more powerful ways to do different things within the church and outside the four walls of this church. But today we're talking about meeting the vision restorer, meeting the vision restorer. So um, my son, Caden, who is now uh, a sophomore, uh, going into his sophomore year in high school, uh, this was in his uh, fourth or fifth uh, fifth grade. He was in fourth grade. Uh, One day, we um, and by the way, he loves playing sports. So he was doing baseball, he was doing basketball. uh, Now he does football, but he wasn't doing football then. one of the teachers called us and said, hey, I think you should check Caden's eyes. 
We're like, what do you mean? He can read. Um, I don't know if he can. So uh, he struggles. Every time we start talking, he'll slowly sneak. He, by the way, he's an introvert. Uh, if he's, in, he's not here, if he's like here and he knows I'm talking about him, he will not be happy. But he'll be a second service. But um, he sneaks his way up to the front because I don't think he can see. So we took him to the eye doctors and guess what we found out? Parents that weren't paying attention, right? Uh, no, <laughs> he was not able to see really well. And he needed glasses. And we're like, how were you playing baseball when that ball was coming flying at you? How did you hit the ball? How did you shoot the basket? And uh, he was like, oh, I was kind of doing it. And it went. Uh, uh, but he, and the crazy thing is the day that he got glasses, he was like, wow, mom, I can see. It was kind of this revelation of there was so much that he couldn't see because he didn't have the right prescription of glasses. And the moment he got that, there was this new insight and revelation. That is from a physical standpoint. But God wants to do that for us from a spiritual standpoint. Because there is this thing called blindness, spiritual blindness. And uh, the prophet Isaiah said this in, in his book when he was referring to Jesus. He said, people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Which he's talking about Jesus coming. They said, there are people that are walking in darkness. But when they meet Jesus, the light, they will be able to see. There's a blind world that needs seers. And we shared this last week that spirit-led people... See things that others do not see. I said it again. Spirit-led people see things that others do not see. And what do I mean by that? First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. And things, uh, uh, foolishness, and the thing, um, and cannot understand them because they are discerned through the Spirit. What we see here is that the Scripture is saying that there is a, a, a gift that God gives us who is known as the Holy Spirit. And when we receive this gift, when we become believers of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and resides in us, and He starts to work a work inside of us, and He gives us vision and understanding to know what God is doing in and through us. And he also gives us vision to be able to see what God is doing around us, in the people that he brings to us, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, the people that we hang out in our schools, uh, as a teacher, the students that you hang out with. God gives us spiritual insight to be able to see what is currently happening in their lives. It's called discernment that comes from the Spirit. Spirit-led people see things that others do not see. We gain spiritual insight. So this morning, I want to use a, a, a story, a passage in Scripture where there are two people interacting, and it is so interesting just to see the interaction and learn from this interaction of how there was one person who was totally blind from a spiritual standpoint and another person who was bringing insight uh, from a spiritual standpoint and how the script changes. So we have two individuals, the Samaritan woman, who is, blind, uh, who is blind to the world from a spiritual standpoint. We have Jesus, who is the seer in this situation, who is the ultimate seer who we all need to meet because that, he is the one that gives us the insight. 
But this morning, I want to add a third person into that, into that script. I want to add you into that script. I want you, as we unpack this passage, uh, to ask yourself the question, where do I see myself in this story? Where do I see myself fitting in? Am I in that spot, the woman, the Samaritan woman, or am I somewhere in between the Samaritan woman and where she ends up? Or am I where she is after she meets the seer? Or do I have the sight that I need so I could be a seer for a blind world? So this morning, um, Jesus uh, is headed on a journey. He's headed on a journey. Um, he's headed north, and we have a map here that we'll put up, and I'm going to make sure I don't... Oh, there we go. I got my pointer. I have a fun tool to play with. School's starting, right? You guys do this, teachers? This is so cool. Do I make you eyes go crazy? No, I won't do that. I promise. I know some of you don't like that. But hey, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I just lost technology. Okay. So Jesus in Judea was headed to Galilee. He's making a trip. Okay. He's going to walk. He's headed to Galilee. And what we see here in this passage is Jesus, uh, and this passage is not going to be on the scripture. I'm just going to read it to help you understand, give you context. He was headed to Galilee, but he went through Samaria. He went through Samaria, to, uh, and he came to a town by Samaria called uh, Sychar, right over here. So Samaria and Sychar. So he came to this town called Sychar, where there was a well, okay? And Jesus was making this trip, and it was the middle of the day. It was the noontime day, and Jesus was tired. And so he sits down at this well uh, in Sychar while the disciples leave him and head to town to find food. So we see this happening. But I want to, and, and, and as he's seated there, what happens is we see that there is a Samaritan woman who is making her way from Samaria, from the town to Sychar, to get water. Because that was where the well was for the whole community. So the ladies would come to the well, they would fill up their water jars, and then they would make the track back to Samaria. So in the middle of the day, there's a Samaritan woman who came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? So just making a few observations. First off, Jesus is a Jew. The woman is Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans do not mix. They don't interact with each other. They kind of see them as kind of an outcast. The Jews saw the Samaritans as outcasts. They were the ones that were not doing things right. They were the rejected people. They were not the chosen people. So there was constant tension between the, the Jews and, uh, in, in Judea and, and Samaria. It's kind of like Pittsburgh and Frontenac, right? Uh, is it? Did I just lose all the Frontenac people? And I don't know which one is who. I don't know who is the Samaritan, who the Jews. I'm not going to go there because then I'll lose you guys. But no, you know what I'm talking about, right? There's this, there's this whole tension, right? Um, but we see Jesus at the well. But we also notice that this woman, uh, I mean, and so with that said, Jesus chose to make his way through Samaria. So most Jews, here's what they'll do. Most Jews will not actually 
walk through Samaria. What they'll do is they'll kind of avoid and make the track around Samaria because they didn't want to interact with the Samaritans because they were the outcasts. They didn't want to have any interactions with them. They didn't like them. They were the bad people. So they would kind of make this detour and kind of take the outside path to Galilee, right? Uh, But what we see Jesus doing is he's like, nope, I'm intentionally going through Samaria. So he makes an intentional uh, path to Samaria. But we also notice is that this woman is coming to get water to Sukkah in the, in the noontime day, in the middle of the heat. And she was by herself. Why was that? Because this woman was a, an outcast. She was a, a woman with a bad reputation. She was, and we'll find that here in a little bit, um, People didn't like her. She didn't hang out with the other women. Most women would come in the cool of the day, in the evening, to get water. She came by herself. She was a loner. She was rejected by everyone, even in her community. She was not liked. She had a bad reputation. So she came by herself in the middle of the heat to get water. And when she gets there, she finds Jesus sitting at the well who intentionally showed up to meet with her. And what did he say? Will you give me a drink? So here's something else to understand. Here is Jesus, a Jew, asking a Samaritan woman. And another thing we need to understand is the men did not interact with women in that time. And in a common place, in a public space, we've got a Jewish leader interacting, a rabbi supposedly interacting with a Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a a drink? Because the Jews did not associate with the Samaritans. So what do we see here? We see two things happen. We have two people that have two sights, two visions. The Samaritan woman, she sees the social norms. She, uh, she sees what everyone else sees about her. She sees the name tags that have been put on her. The name tags of, you're a Samaritan woman. You're an outcast. You are a, a woman of bad reputation. You have a past. You are broken. You are messed up. Okay? She has heard that. She's believed that. She was rejected. And that's what she saw. She did not see Jesus who was seated at the well. Jesus, on the other hand, he saw past the public stigma. He saw past what everyone else was seeing in that woman. He saw a a daughter of God. He cared about her. He knew that she was created in the image of God. He uh, did not see gender. He did not see race. He did not see the status. He did not see her past life. Even though he could see it, he did not focus on it. He was a seer. He focused on the fact that here is a woman who had a soul, who was created in the image of God, who was a daughter of God. So we pick it up in John chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, 
you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And Jesus said, if only you can see. If only you can see who asks you. This morning, Jesus is here. He took a detour to come meet with you. He wants to meet with you. He's sitting at the well and he's saying, if only you can see what I have for you, what I can offer you. But the woman, she responds. She says, Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? So what do we see happening here? She's seeing from her physical eyes. And all she sees is the fact that Jesus doesn't have a bucket. <laughs> the well is deep. Where's he going to get this water that he's talking about, right? I don't blame her. She's not a bad person. She's just blind to the spiritual truths of Jesus. And so all she sees is from her physical eyes. Some of us are here today and we see our situation from just our physical eyes. We just see how bad or how broken or how messed up or how hopeless our situation is because we're just looking from our physical eyes. And the woman here is doing the exact same thing. She does not see the spiritual. She just sees the physical. She's blinded to what Jesus can offer. She's blinded to the spiritual truth that Jesus has, the spiritual hope that Jesus can offer her. And so she just responds from the physical. So Jesus answers, Everyone who drinks this water, the physical, will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So Jesus is saying, you know what? Yeah, you know what, woman? The water that you're looking for, the things of this world, the things that I created for you to enjoy, that you have put all of your trust in and all of your hope in and all of your foundation on, they will constantly cause you to be thirsty again. You will never be fulfilled. Never will you be fulfilled. What is he saying? He's saying, but you know what? If you would just, if you would just take what I have... There's a spring that'll start to bubble up from inside of you that will first cause fulfillment. You will not be thirsty from not the physical, but from a different standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, you'll have fulfillment. And then he says, and it'll also lead to eternal life. What does Jesus do? He brings enlightenment. He brings insight to the kingdom of God. He separates the kingdom of this world from the kingdom of God. He says, the kingdom of this world will cause you to thirst again. But the kingdom of God will bring you fulfillment. Verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. <laughs> She's still hanging out in that 
blind space. She's like, oh, yeah, Jesus, God. He does, she doesn't know that it's Jesus, God. But he's like, hey, man, if you can give me this water, this spiritual water, maybe I can stop coming to this well in the middle of the day and I won't be thirsty, right? She's still seeing from that standpoint. She's blinded to the truth. Remember, we, we began this passage by this message by talking about how the God of this world, Satan, has blinded us to the truth. And Jesus said, when you know the truth, what will happen? The truth will set you free. We need spiritual insight. We need to be seers of the truth. And she's still not getting it. But here's something we need to understand. Jesus cares. He cares about you. He cares about your temporal and your physical needs. He does care about that. But he's not focused on just your temporal and your physical needs. He's focused on your eternal and spiritual needs. He wants to go past. He wants to provide your needs, but he wants to go past that. He wants to meet you in, at, at that, on that other side, on the spiritual aspect, where he can give you, uh, 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 put inside of you this spring that is constantly flowing that leads to fulfillment and eternal life. So what we see here is that Jesus and the woman have been spending time. They've been hanging out. They've been talking. Yes, they've been having this debate. They've been having this conversation. A little bit of time has gone. And now we see Jesus starting to take this whole conversation to a whole nother level. He has started to build that relationship. And now he's, he goes to verse 16. And he told her. He changes the topic. Totally changes the topic. Go call your husband and come back. <laughs> oh, we go from... Uh, water to go call your husband. God's starting, what we see here, Jesus is starting to address some root issues. And she says, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is that you have five husbands. And the man that you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Man, he just drops the bomb on her and goes, Whoa, I know a lot more about you because I am a seer. Jesus sees her past not to condemn her, not to put guilt on her, not to tear her up, not to make her feel bad. But what he does is he cares about her soul. He cares about her dignity. He cares about his, her, uh, her being restored. He cares about her identity, not so that, so that she doesn't live with the tags that the world has put on her to set her free from the bondage, the chains that Pastor Shelby talked about, the chains that the enemy puts on us on, from this world standpoint. He cares about you. He cares about you as a person. And that is why Jesus is now moving to a whole different platform to address some root issues that are caused uh, the, 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 the uh, hurt in her life that she's experiencing right now. In verse 16, the woman is starting to see differently. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. And last week we talked about how prophets were known as seers in that time. She says, sir, 
I can see that you can see. You know more. <laughs> you know more about me. You see the insides of my life. And the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. So she's reminded of what she has heard uh, in, uh, in the Torah, with what the, the, the teachers have taught, the prophets have spoken about. She's reminded, she says, man, I've heard about a Messiah by the name of Christ who is coming. And when he comes, they say that he will explain everything. So she's starting to kind of put the pieces together here. And she's having an honest conversation with Jesus. She's having a conversation. And because of that genuine conversation and relationship that's starting to form, Jesus takes it to a whole nother level. And he says, then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. He brings revelation. Relationship to revelation and insight. He basically tells her, you know what? That Messiah you're talking about, that Christ that you're talking about, that is me. That is I. I am the one that you are speaking to. There is beauty that is starting to emerge. There is truth that has been shared. There is a relationship that is starting to happen. This woman sees that in the person sitting in front of her is truly the Messiah, the Christ, a revelation in her situation. What is your situation this morning that needs new revelation? Where you need Jesus to pull the curtains and give you insight, to show him that he cares, that he does see you, that he knows your situation, that he wants healing, that he wants hope, that he wants restoration, that he wants to give you a new identity, that he wants to take away all of the tags that the world has put on you, that he wants to call you a son of God, a daughter of God, that he wants to give you a, a plan. He says, My, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you or to hurt you. He wants to bring truth into your life and to erase the lies that the enemy has put in there. He wants to do that. He is here. He intentionally took a detour to come meet with you. What do we see happening in verse 28? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town. So leaving her water jar, think of that. Here is this woman who came to fill water using these water jars, leaves it she leaves her past, and she heads back into the town. She left her physical need. She left her temporal need, and she went running into the town with this newfound hope, with this newfound revelation, with this newfound Jesus that she just found out about. She was starting to see. She was with the seer, which brought sight, which caused her to leave her water jar behind. Some of us are still, we've met the seer, but we're still carrying our water jars. <laughs> we're still holding on to those safety nets. We're still holding on to our past. We're still saying, you know what? Hmm, yeah, I'm not ready to let go yet. But this woman left 
her water jar, and she ran with her newfound vision, her newfound excitement that was starting to become contagious because she had seen the seer. And why did she run? Uh, why did she run back to the town? Because she ran and she said to the people in the town. Now keep in mind, these were the people that were rejecting her. These were the people that had put tags on her, that had, had, had pushed her away because she, was, she had a past, right? But she went running. She wasn't worried. She ran to those people and she said, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way towards him. We have a person that was spiritually blind, that meets the seer, that tells her about who she was and who, what her past was and gives her hope. She meets the seer and she's excited. Now she's running back into the town that is totally blind as well, waiting on the Messiah. And she's excited and she says, come and see. Here is a man that I found that told me everything about my, my past. Is it possible that he is the Messiah? <laughs> and verse uh, 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. What happens is we have a person that has sight that is now walking into a, a town that is blinded and those people are invited to come and so they come and they meet the seer. There is a blind world out there that needs seers. God is calling us us to be seers so that we could be healed. But once we are healed, He's calling us to go out with that excitement, with, with, that, with that newfound hope after we've left our past behind to run into our towns and to be excited about what Jesus is doing in our hearts and our lives because we've found true living water that is bubbling up, a spring that is inside of us that is bubbling up from the inside out that is changing us. And that excitement is attracting people to come and see. He restored vision. He restored her vision that led to her experiencing true found freedom, her experiencing Jesus, but also others starting to experience the seer. Then, we see that the, the community responds to this woman. We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. How cool. Here is a woman who is blind, receives sight, runs into a community, invites people to come meet the seer. They come to see, meet the seer, and they meet the seer, and they go, you know what? That testimony of yours was great. I'm so thankful that that attracted me, but now 
I, myself, a blind person, has seen the sea, and I know for a fact that He is the Messiah. There's a scripture that says, taste and see that He is good. They were tasting and seeing that He is good. We we'll invite the worship team to make their way at this time. God is inviting you, first off, to taste and see that He is good. He wants to reveal. He wants to give you insight. He wants to give you vision. He wants you to be able to see from His standpoint. He wants you to be a seer. But He wants you to be a seer so you could be restored, but also that others could be restored into a relationship. So Flag Church, this morning, I want to invite you to consider, to ask yourself the question, where do you see yourself in this script? Where do you see yourself in this script? This is a, <laughs> this is a life and death matter. This is looking for temporary water or finding living water. This is moving from living, living in a prison cell with hopelessness, with brokenness, with hurt and pain because there is an enemy that is out there to steal, kill and destroy that wants to put bondage on you put you in handcuffs and ask you to walk through this life in misery two meeting the seer discovering the truth and being set free and walking in freedom with fulfillment. Here's something we need to understand, Flag Church. Heaven is not this place that we need to be waiting for. <laughs> Heaven is a place that is here today for us that we can start to live in. It may not be in its fullest form, but we can start to experience the goodness of heaven today because when we live with Christ, Christ is heaven. It may not be in its fullest form, but we don't have to live in a broken, messed up situation in the bondage of Satan, which ultimately leads to hell. So this morning, my question to you, have you met the seer? Where do you see yourself in this picture? Is it possible? Is it possible that you are in that state where that woman was before she met Jesus? Because some of us are there. Or is it possible that maybe, unlike the woman, you met, met the seer, but you're still carrying those jars of water and you're running everywhere with them and holding on to them and you haven't left them at the feet of Jesus and picked up what He gives you and is running in freedom. Is it possible? And there's this weight on you this morning. So this morning, here's what I'd like for you to do. If you'd stand with me 
last week I made a bold ask. And I asked people that would like to be seers, who'd see themselves as seers to make their way to the front. Here's what I'd like to do this morning. If you are one of those people that maybe you're going, you know what, maybe I'm kind of in that situation where I need to see the seer this morning. I need to have life transformation. I need to be restored. I need to leave some stuff at the altar. Man, I need to be set free. I need a new identity. I need a new name. And the only person that can give me that is Jesus. I need healing this morning. I need restoration this morning. I need to find hope this morning from my hope situation, I want to invite you to take a step and to make your way forward. What are we going to do? We're just going to pray. This is a safe place. I want you to come meet the seer because he took a detour to come meet with you. Thank you. You can come. Be bold. Make your way to the front. Anyone else, if you are saying, I need that this morning, I need to meet the seer. I need to sit at his feet. I need to be at that well. I need to drop off um, the water jars that I am still carrying. That's me. I want you to move forward right now. Maybe God's stirring your heart and you're still standing there. My question to you is, why are you still standing there? Why would you not come meet the seer? Anyone else, you want that. I want you to come. And even as these people are up front, if you were here last week and you were like, I am a seer, I want you to come right now and find a person up front so you can start praying for them. We're going to pray for them here in a few minutes. But if that was you, I want you to make your way. Come forward. Don't be, don't, don't be hesitant. If you said, I was a seer, I want you to come. I want you to find somebody. And we're just going to pray. We're going to pray that God will move over them, that God will set them free this morning, that they would see through different eyes. They, their situation will change. So I just want to make sure if you are somebody that is needing prayer, step forward so those that are coming do not get confused. But if you are somebody that is needing prayer, step forward. Okay. Good. Good. Okay, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And I want every one of us to believe and to pray with these that are up front at this time. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you right now for those that are up front this morning that have come to receive sight from you, that have come to be set free from the enemy's strongholds, Father. We know that we sang it this morning, that there is no power uh, by the name of Jesus, that all power the enemy has is defeated. Chains are broken. People are set free. And so we are praying that over these lives this morning. We are praying that chains will be broken and people will be set free from the bondage of Satan and that they would experience your grace, that they would experience your mercy, that they would experience your blessings, Father, and that you would give them this morning living water, that you would give them living water that bubbles up from the inside out, that leads to eternal life. Father, I pray that you would surround them with your presence right now. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and to fill them with your Holy Spirit and that you would take away the blindness that you would take away um, the, the blinders that the enemy has put on their eyes and that their hearts will be open to the truth. And Father, that the truth will set them free this morning. Lord Jesus, I pray even as they move out of the space here this morning and they continue to walk, that there will be a newfound freedom, a newfound grace, a newfound love, a newfound joy a newfound peace. 
I pray healing over hearts, healing over minds at this time that I feel like the enemy has put a bondage over people's minds right now. So I'm praying healing over those minds in the name of Jesus, that they will be set free. Father, I just pray for those that are still in the audience right now. I'm just sensing there are some of you that are um, fighting lies that the enemy has put on you and you are believing those lies and it is causing pain in your life. It is causing um, this heaviness in your life right now. And so in the name of Jesus, we pray healing over those lies and I pray that those minds will be set free to be filled with you, Holy Spirit, and that they would have thoughts that are from you that line up with your word, that line up with the promises found in your scripture. We pray that over each person. Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. We thank you that you take time to come meet with us, that you are patient, and that you want healing for every person because everyone is a child of God. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. If you're up front, I just want you to hang tight real quick. If that's somebody that walked up front this morning, um, Man, if you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you're surrendering. We want to know. We want to celebrate with you. There is a U card in the front of your seat pocket that Pastor Eli referred to on there. It'll say, I'm committing my life to Christ or recommitting. We'll also love to, you to consider being water baptized next week, which is that next step. So just want to let you guys know about that. Thank you. Now, let's pray a blessing over you guys. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be gracious to you. And make his face shine upon you. And may he grant you peace this week. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a blessed Sunday, guys.